What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things with Sean and Mallory Irvin today. Mallory Irvin is my best friend. I have known her since 2010 when I was one of her judges at the Miss America pageant. That's where we met the first time. We ran back into each other when I moved here to Nashville, and we have been inseparable ever since. Mallory is an amazing human being. Um, we sit down and do a mom's Q&A. You guys have submitted all the questions. But to give you a couple things, if you don't know Mallory Irvin, please go check her out on all of her socials. She is so much fun to follow. And also follow her husband, Kyle Demiola, because he might be the funniest human being on the face of the earth. Sorry, babe. Um, Mallory also has a couple of books out, Living Fully. Please go read that. For so many years, I knew Mallory's full story, but she wasn't ready to share it. Um, she then ended up writing a memoir and kind of shared it with the world, everything that she's gone through. It is something that I think everybody should read. She also came out with like a journal guidebook that's called All In. She has amazing merch. She is getting ready to drop a really, really cool product at the end of this year. Do not miss it. And I think most exciting of all, she is relaunching her podcast, Living Fully, on the Family Made Network. So, Mallory Irvin, I love you. Thank you for joining me. And without further ado, Mal. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. So I was trying to remember the last here. time you were on a couple things. Was it with Kyle when we interviewed both of you? Uh, probably. L like a century ago before children? A century ago. Yeah. No, not before children. Before like the second wave of children. Or the third. <laughs> or the third or the fourth. <laughs> um, we did some mom Q&A. When we were both pregnant, and the times that we were pregnant together was Shepherd and yes, too. so not too long ago, yes, three years. Blink also, eye, your podcast time. is about to come back. Super exciting! Yep, that was one of my favorite we're interviews excited. I've ever done. You actually asked like amazing questions, oh, that's nice of you questions that I had never been asked before. Really? Uh, yeah, I was really impressed. Well, it's probably because I actually know you yeah, the best true. of anyone that's ever podcasted you before. So yeah. I didn't ask the normal things because I was. Because I knew the deeper things. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, happy you came out with a book to tell your deeper things. Uh -huh, yeah, you know. The amount of people who would be like, yeah. Mallory is, I'm like, yeah, you don't, you don't know even her. Know. You don't know her. You don't even know the story. Uh, you should read Mallory Irvin's book because <gasps> it's amazing. Um, you guys submitted mom questions. Woohoo! Because I'm getting ready to pop out my third and I do everything that Mallory does. Mm -hmm. So, also, we were just laughing. We literally like lean on each other for everything mom. I don't think I could parent without her. I call her every day. I'm like, there's a rash. What do I do? It's just you have to have someone in it with you. I was like, we're giving mom advice today. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, even though we just constantly ask each other for it. All day, Literally. Every day. Speaking of, Jet has had a rash that's covered his whole back it's for about four fine. weeks. It's going to be fine. But, you know, we get more and more laxed with the So parenting. much more. <laughs> I'd say we started at a hundred percent. Yeah. Second child, we're seventy-five. Yeah. Third child, you get down to about ten yeah. percent of the things that actually alarm you and that you actually think are a huge deal because yeah. you know you're just a seasoned veteran. It's actually gotten to the point. You have boys before I had a boy, so it made it easier. Mm -hmm. But we've gotten to the point where we send each other like open gaping wounds and we're mm -hmm. like do you think we need some glue for this mm -hmm. you were in kentucky once you're like you got any super glue yeah that'll work that's all you need 
They work. Just pinch it together. Make sure it's real clean. Yeah. That's the only rule. Yeah. And then, like, if you're going around the eyebrow, make sure the glue is dry before you put the butterfly stitch on. I learned that the hard mm. way. I was actually in college whenever I got uh, super glue stitched mm. together. Yeah. Well, this last super glue incident, a friend of ours happens to be a plastic surgeon, which is mm-hmm. a very convenient thing to have. <laughs> and he came over, and he was just laughing because it was jet. And he brought over surgical glue uh-huh. and just... Gave us a bunch of it. He's like, I think you should hang on to this. That's great. He's like, you can do, do it. it yourself. For sure. Mm-hmm. Especially with Jet. Whew. You're going to be gluing some stuff. <laughs> I keep thinking, just like every time I let them go outside and play, I'm like, when is like the broken arm going to happen? And it freaks me out. Pretty soon. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. But He's wide open. <sighs> if you guys, I mean, like, because I see Jet all the time and just the way that he is is very different from the other kids his age. He just yeah not a hundred percent sure how much pain he actually feels. No, like if any, definitely really. no fear. Uh, and just really wide open. Just yeah, really lives life to the fullest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gotten to a point where uh, my go-to saying for him is like, "I'm not sure about that." Mm-hmm. It's not even like one. be careful. It's just like I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And he'll look at me and smile. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad just built an indoor treehouse, which is like it sits six oh, yeah. feet off the ground. That's awesome. And he thought picture. he could jump out of it earlier. Yeah, that was good. Well, that was good. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> um, okay. Q and A's. You guys sent a ton. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we tried though. to narrow them down into like general categories because we there were like seven hundred questions awesome. within a few minutes. Um, Mal. Uh, how can people want to know how they can find mom friends as a new mom? Okay. First off, he, here's what is really awesome about moms and mom friends. Moms are a group of people who really need each other. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you're coming into a season and you don't have an automatic built-in mom friend, which is a friend that just becomes a mom at the same time, which is what Sean and I were. Yeah. As soon as your kids get into a program. Yes. The moms are like there with open arms. Yes. Or maybe it's just because it's Nashville. We're all desperate. Everybody's just like, will you be my friend? I mean, was that your experience? Yes. I think it's, I think it's very, very hard to find friends who aren't moms. Yeah. Or like to make new friends that aren't moms. Because after you have a kid, the only thing that you talk about is being a mom. And that's like an automatic common ground. Yeah. I feel like before you have kids, it's like you're finding the things that you have in common and you're trying to make time for each other, at friends and stuff like that. But I do feel like it's hard. And if they're not in a program or like, you know, in school yet, I feel like that's kind of hard. But I feel like the park is like the hot yeah. spot for meeting mom friends. Absolutely. You know. Or like any extracurricular activities mm-hmm. or after school activities. Mm-hmm. We actually had a couple of friends recently who aren't parents mm-hmm. like call us out for like never responding on text. Mm-hmm. And I, I just told them. Kids. I Yeah. I was like, you'll understand someday. Don't take it personal. We have one friend that is always constantly calling us out for the same thing. And I'm like, just wait, just call me when you have kids because, cause you're going to understand and you're going to understand how this like, <laughs> it's just a thing. Like you're going to, you're going to get it. Like stop being hostile with me. I like, know. Come over here and see what all we got going on in this house. Andrew said to one, one person, he was like, I'm sorry. I'm unapologetically unavailable. Oh, my god! And I was like, that was a little harsh, but it's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> you got to tell me that was off the podcast. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well, funny. he was on the podcast. Everyone knows. That's it was funny. Todd and Katie. Um, sorry, Todd. <laughs> you you figured it out. Um, 
Here's second question. <laughs> You're going to love this one. Oh, gosh. I know what? you well enough. How do you keep up with being a mom and being physically intimate with oh, your husband? God. Don't, I'm going to ask you that question. <laughs> Sean, you can speak. I really that. don't speak about it either. Mallory doesn't breach the topics just, of no, physical intimacy. There are certain things that I feel like you don't <laughs> discuss uh-huh. in a public forum. And I guess that's just the southern woman in me that's just a little bit more like buttoned up that's yeah. like I'm sorry I'm not gonna go there with you in a public setting <laughs> sorry but I do appreciate people you know just relationships in general you yes. and I do a really great job of prioritizing like small things like date nights yes this is a season where there yeah. is just there's just not as much time as there no. was when you were dating or engaged or like newly married. No. It's a totally different ball game. You can't pretend like you're still playing the same ball game. No. Okay? No. So like just suit up and realize that like you're just doing something. It's it's a new thing. Yes. And you have to prioritize things to like keep your relationship in the front and center. Yeah. I, I do believe though that like, you know. There's a there is a season for everything, and if you don't prioritize your relationship, <laughs> it's gonna go down the drain, and then your kids are gonna leave the house, and then what happens? I love watching you walk I mean, a circle whatever. around this topic. You answer it. I would say the same thing. I would be like, it's just a season. If you, you gotta... like each other, if you genuinely like your husband, you find time yes. for things in every season. If you don't like your husband, yeah. which a lot of women actually don't, I've found which is actually things. shocking. Yeah, you know. We both really like our husbands. We do really like our husbands. It's a, I, not a rarity, but like I just, sometimes I meet people and I'm like, why did y'all get married? Because you really don't like each other. Yeah. Well, you have to work to like each other. You do. You really do. I agree. Um, next up, how do you parent? Oh, this is preach. How do you parent when you're sick? I'm four weeks postpartum and have a terrible cold. And wow, it's hard to take care of yourself and the baby. You, oh, take, you start that one because you're pregnant and you don't feel that good right now. I mean... Just lower your standards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, was basically bawling my eyes out sitting on the couch because like, I had such bad sciatic pain that I didn't want to play with my kids. And I was like, let's just turn on another movie. Just rot your brains. <laughs> rot your brains. But then I was like, I'm actually cuddling with the kids, which is really it's nice. Fun. You just have to have a lot of grace. Here's what I want to ask you guys, too. Do you remember when you were two and your parents turned on another movie? <laughs> no. No. Uh uh-uh. uh, and you probably thought it was the greatest thing ever. You would love the movie, yeah, yeah. if you did remember that. But yeah, I agree with that. But mm-hmm. I also, um, I think that you know, having people that can help you be it your husband, my person that can help me is my husband, mm-hmm. or like if it's someone that you've hired, or you know, your parent. I mean, if you don't have the luxury of having someone, then oh, I, that that is really yeah. really tough. I like feel for people that do it truly on their own, but um. You know, it's you've got to have somebody that can step in and help sometimes if you actually are like deathly sick. I feel mm-hmm. like, but um, yeah, that's hard. There's nothing harder than parenting like when you're sick, especially if it's like a viral thing. Yes, <laughs> viruses in the whole house is terrible because you just you just have to like suck it up and keep going. And I remember we went on a ski trip with Drew, who was so I had her in I October remember. and we went in December. I was puking every 30 minutes. Uh-huh. I had the worst stomach bug ever, trying to pump at the same time. Didn't Andrew get it too? Andrew got it, but we got it two days apart, yeah. which helped because then he had her, and then you just kind of. I mean, what can you, you do? Fight through it. You yeah. have to. Mm-hmm. And it's inevitable. You'll, your kid will get it. Yeah. It's fine. Um, 
Next up, dealing with anxiety of conceiving after a miscarriage. Oh, Lord. Any advice that could help? Mm. Um, well, we've both been there. Mm-hmm. So um, I more recently uh, than Sean, yours was different, too, because you had it first. Yes. So I think that's a different kind of anxiety. It is. Because you don't know if, like, you can actually care. Is it something that, like, you don't know? I feel like. I don't know. You speak to that, and then I'll speak to my experience. I would say because it was my first, I was the most naive, so it almost made it not harder, and it was, I don't know. It was harder and easier in different ways. It was harder because I had never thought this was a possibility, but it was easier because it was a learning experience. I hadn't, like, experienced a baby yet. Mm -hmm. Um, The only advice that I would have for that, for me, was... You have to find a community to talk to of mm-hmm. some kind, whether it's your husband or your family or friend. Yeah. But you have to like be able to like grieve that. Mm-hmm. So I had two children, my two boys first. And then between my second and third, I had four miscarriages. So um, me and I always get got pregnant very easily. So I'd never dealt with any sort of issues around pregnancy or miscarriage or anything. So when I had the first one, I would kind of say what you just said. Like, you're kind of naive to it, and you hear about it happening to other people. You never think it'll happen to you. But it was kind of like, a, oh, okay, I understand this is really common. I can't believe this happened to me, but, you know, I can get through it. Second one was just like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Okay. But, like, surely this is a fluke thing. When I had that third one, that's when I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm never – will I ever be able to carry another pregnancy? And it – and like the further along you get, it's hard when you have anything from a chemical pregnancy to a almost in your second trimester pregnancy. It's it, a loss is just hard. But um, I think you're always holding your breath. I mean, after my the fourth one was really, really hard because I was almost in my second trimester. And like we'd already seen the heartbeat. And it's just like, ugh, you know, every step of it makes it harder, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, but I will say. Um, I did hold my breath for a while when I got pregnant with Sunday, which that pregnancy I carried to term and she's a healthy one year old. I would say, um, after that first trimester, I could kind of like breathe again, but I definitely held my breath. So Mm -hmm. my advice would just be like, know that you're going to feel like that. There's really nothing that you can do to take that worry away. But I will say on the other side of it, when I see her, I am like, you know what? I hated that I had to go through that, but I'm so thankful that I went through that because I wouldn't have her. Like, mm-hmm. when you get on the other side of it, you can, I feel like that's when you can have some real healing from it, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's not easy, whatever oh, way you swing terrible. it. terrible. I think it's that was the hardest thing for me, though, is, like, with this pregnancy, even, it it's that, like, holding your breath. Yeah. And it gets a little bit better every week, but it's, like, there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just there. And it's just so common. You hear about it all the time, and you see it all the time. You're always, like, you know, just seeing it all around you. And even though you know it's common and you know it could yeah. happen, like a one in four shot, which is a high shot. Yeah. You just don't think it's going to. No. It's just, yeah. All right. As a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet 
and bear. We try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old and I love in these crates they actually have cards that say here are activities or things you can do specific to bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is I love KiwiCo there's always something new for kids to discover like learning about the science of ice cream engineering robots or doing science experiments which our kids have loved recently Sean is currently holding as she said the colorful chemistry kit which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids they look forward to their new crate every month and this one kept him really engaged we got to experiment with mixing oil and water mixing different colors and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess. So it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you. So you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code COUPLE. One in five Americans have, quote, learn a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Plus, Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Andrew and I have been learning Spanish on Babbel, and it's been so fun. We've wanted to learn a new language for so long and have finally started. We've learned how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants, all without having to consult language apps, which is so cool. It's crazy how fast your brain picks up a new language when it's presented in a relatable way. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash eastfam. Again, get 60% off at babbel.com slash eastfam, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash eastfam. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um, Okay. Best advice after a long day of work and having mom guilt from being gone. Mm. I would say that's the one that we still struggle with. Yeah. You and I. Um, Sean and I are lucky that we have schedules at least that we mm-hmm. can kind of alter around our kids' schedules. But there are days where we do have to work these full days. Yeah. And our kids are right around the corner. And it almost nope. sometimes makes it just as hard because your kids know that you're around the corner and you're just mm-hmm. like – they, I'm like, are they thinking I'm choosing not to play with them? And I like know. Send them? 
so that's that's tough. But I mean, I still feel guilt around that. The the one thing that helps me is I remember of the two parents that I had. You know, my dad was the one that worked all the time. He was actually gone like five or six days a week, and he was such a powerful parent mm-hmm. to me. I'd never even thought of it like he's not around and he's working. It was it just it just didn't really affect me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to remember that in my own experience with a working parent that that's probably my kids experience with me. I was going to say the same thing. I remember both my parents, they worked nine to five jobs my whole entire life. I did, you know, every possible before school, after school program. Mm -hmm. I was in gymnastics all the time. Like I really didn't get to see my parents a lot. And I still have the best memories of them. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't feel like they were gone. Yeah. And it's like, it's just how it was. Yeah. It's just how it is. And like, I, I think it's, I think people overthink that a little bit. Yeah. Right now we're in just such like a phase of, uh, I love a lot of Mm -hmm. like the gentle parenting. They'll just be there all available, like there to catch them with butterfly wings all the time. (laughs) And like, I am that parent sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, you know what? You're going to be fine. (laughs) Like (laughs) you're going to be fine and you're going to live a great life if I'm not constantly available to you 24 hours a day, like seven days a week. Yeah. And you're not even going to remember it. Like. But I do like being in it because it's such a short I know. season. I also think, too, dealing with the mom guilt and stuff, if you're choosing to work, whether it's because you have to or love to, it's just part of life. And I think the best way to deal with it is as hard as it is when you come home being like a really present parent. Yes, I agree with that. And making up for lost time. Yes. I also think that really good moms are the ones that feel the guiltiest. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just I think that you're just concerned that you want to be the best mom to your kids and you love yeah. your kids. Oh. Uh, is the second C-section, <laughs> this is for both of us, uh, easier than the first? I'm terrified to go through it again. Yes. Yeah, 100%. it's easier. And then the third was even easier. Really? Yeah. 100%. I had a terrible reaction with my second one. You did? I puked for like seven hours. I puked on the third one, but it was really? still was fine. Yeah. Um, That's I awful. Think they get, I think the first one's definitely the yeah. hardest. Yeah, yeah. You got all that fresh stuff that everybody's like cutting through. Well, yeah. and you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Like by the second time, you know that it's going to be painful. You know, like you're going to have to get up and walk. You know, yeah. like, you know, the whole process. Uh huh. So it made it easier the second time because I was like, I remember this hurting so bad. Yeah. But I think because of like the quote trauma of the first one. Yeah. I like didn't feel the trauma of the second one. Yeah, I but like, I, oh. I honestly just don't think it was as pain. It just wasn't as painful. Like all the things that yeah. were really painful w- were not as painful the second time. And I don't know if it was because I expected them, like you were just saying, or yeah, um, or what it was. But yeah, I, I remember that too, though. Like after the first one, I thought I was gonna die when I when you had peed to, when I had to pee the first time. That that's still to this day the worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. <laughs> but then. I never experienced that with the second one. Uh-huh. I didn't either. And I didn't change anything. Yeah. It's but I easier. like I got up out of bed out of like on my own. Uh-huh. I didn't have to have a nurse. Uh-huh. I was like, I got that. It was yep. weird. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. I definitely think like it comes with experience. And your body just like, <laughs> you just lose nerves. Been there before. <laughs> yeah, or maybe the nerves are just sliced straight through. <laughs> yeah. They're gone. Anymore. Um <laughs> Yeah. I've also we're also trying to figure out me and my doctor. I don't know if you ever had this, but like my C-section scar, I get the most horrific rash that travels up my torso and down my legs and it stays there for about six weeks and After? it itches to the point where I have to like, I want to rip my skin off. I wonder if you have an 
allergy to something. I mean, you've got like funky allergies that pop up random times yeah. in your life. Yeah, sure not. Like 12 years. Whatever. <laughs> Cut, Cut that, that out. <laughs> <laughs> our, our doctor, my doctor, is trying to figure it out. Yeah. You got, you got it with both of them? Both. Immediately. It's like by the time I get home, it starts. I didn't know that. Oh, it's, it's the one thing that you've told me on this podcast that I didn't know about you. It like, is. How did you not tell me Horrible. That? It's something that I will <laughs> happily endure if I need to, but if there's a way around it, I'd, I'd love yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, if you lose a loved one, how can you parent through grief? Oh. Any, t- any tips or advice to set an example for your kids? Well, you can talk about that. Um, I don't know the right way. I only know the way that we dealt with it when we lost Andrew's dad, which was we didn't hide it from our kids. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we cried with our kids. We explained our tears. We explained the sadness. We explained what happened. I think the best way to deal with grief is to show your kids how mm-hmm. to grieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. And like, it's not like you could have, like, and that was their grandpa too. Yeah. It's like they they feel sad in their little tiny kid ways too. Yeah. And it's like, how could you hold that in? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so unexpected and like so sad and just, I think that's a that's really good advice. I would say, so my experience with it was when Jade lost Blaze. Mm -hmm. So my sister lost a baby. Um, He was a little over a month old. Mm -hmm. And so when he was born, they knew that he was going to have to endure some, you know, heart surgeries and some different things. They always thought he would survive. So for us, what was tough was we were praying for him every night. We were showing Mm -hmm. pictures and FaceTiming. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. like when he died, it it just shifted the narrative so much Mm -hmm. and kids don't understand it. And, you know, it's almost like kids say the funniest things sometimes. Yep. Like when so, I rem- I can still remember like Ford, every time somebody dies, he is like they're in heaven now with Bugsy and the queen. Bugsy's my <laughs> grandpa's dog that died that really affected him. And like, I'm like, yeah, they're with Bugsy and the queen. Like, it's just kids are so sweet and innocent. Mm-hmm. I agree with Sean and that you got you really do have to model it for them. Right. But something I want my kids to know about grief is like. Pick yourself up, like grieve and pick yourself up and go on with your mm-hmm. life. Like it's it's hard just to stay in it, I think, because mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. And I I mean grief is just hard. Grief is hard. But I so. do. I think I feel like my parents were always hard like a little scared to show grief. The whole that whole generation. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And so I almost felt ashamed showing it, but it felt good because like my daughter will openly talk about Papa now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how she's like, are you sad about Papa? And I'm like, no, I miss him. And she's like, well, we'll see him in heaven. Like, she's just yeah. aware of, like, the stages of it, I guess. She's also a very emotionally, yeah. like, like, a little empath. in-tuned child. So, like, even if you were hiding it from her, she's going to be able to tell. Oh, yeah. So, you know, then she's probably going to feel like you're lying to her, you know? <laughs> yeah. So then that will pile on a whole other thing because <laughs> yeah. Drew notices Everything. Everything. So she'll even ask like if tears, like if I'm crying for whatever reason, she's like, mommy, are these happy tears or are these sad tears? And I'm like, <laughs> how do you know this? That's um, right. You're <clears> like, <throat> it only took me 30 something years to figure that out. So yeah, it's a good thank thing you. you know it. At she's my little counselor. Uh, okay. Long one. I feel like this new wave of moms are too open about the struggles of motherhood and don't share enough of the happy stuff. So it makes motherhood look miserable and it makes me scared to be a mom. Do you think there's a balance between acting like you have it all together and sharing only the struggles? I love that question. Yeah. Whoever asked that question, what a great question. 
motherhood is amazing. Having yeah. young children is the best season of your entire life, I believe. I, whenever I had Ford, I was like, where's the positive parents out here? Yeah. Like, where's the positive parenting? Like, all you hear from people is the lack of sleep and the, you know, but I think it's easier to connect over tough stuff. I think yeah. it breaks down a barrier. People do it, you know, it's the it, being empathetic and it's the camaraderie of the hard stuff. I think it's easier to talk about. And I hate that because I agree with her. I agree that there are not enough parents who are openly sharing the amazing yeah. parts of being a young parent. I love my life. I love having young children. I wake up in the morning feeling so happy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when I go to talk about it on social media, I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. But, like, are people going to really, like, relate with this or will it make them feel bad if they mm -hmm. don't feel that? So I think people feel that, too. I think that they – it's easier to relate over the hard stuff, but – I agree with her. Like, I I do wish there was more of a balance and more people sharing positive stuff without it being like blanket positivity, like head in the sand. Like, yes. oh, it's so easy. Or, yes. you know, because it's it's not easy, but it's, no. it's also not terrible. It's really amazing. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And I remember we, I feel like social media is either the perfect parent who like makes rainbows out of sandwiches for their school lunches mm -hmm. on a daily mm -hmm. basis. And it's just the easiest thing in the world. They only show the perfect stuff or they use the hard stuff to make Content. a brand out of it yeah yeah the real the like i'm a real mom or like this is the real behind the scenes and i'm just like yeah okay yeah i mean yeah but it's like it's all negative and yes. bad i i agree with who asked that question that it's it, that is rampant all over social yeah. media but i will say motherhood is the best thing in in it the is. world in the world it is and we had a million we were one of the first right after you guys, to have kids of our friend group. Mm -hmm. And people try to scare the crap out of us. Yeah. Just like your life is going to be over. You're not going to have a social life. You're not going to be whatever. It's the best. It is yeah, the best. And it's like so much better of a life than you had before. Yeah. People want to cling to all those things that like you have this schedule that where you can do what you want and all these, you know, date nights and you can go on vacations and stuff. You can do all those things with children too. Yeah. You can do it. <laughs> we went to Greece with our children. Okay. You did. It's possible. Okay. Uh, five more questions. We have five minutes. Please tell me how you function when babies aren't sleeping. Oh, gosh. I feel like a zombie 24-7 because I'm not sleeping enough. Well, I am sorry that you feel like that. We have been there. Yeah. Oh, man. And I feel like, so people people talk about the newborn phase, yeah. I feel like, all the time. Like, that's the sleepless nights, and that's when it's tough. But the sleep regressions oh, and like, gosh. you know, Sean and I have been through a lot of that, like with our kids. I, I feel like every three months, one of our children mm -hmm. is having a sleep regression and you're asking me or I'm asking you like, yep. do you remember this? Like, what did you do? And then you start transitioning away from the pacifier and like out of the crib and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. I mean, you're never going to sleep. It's I feel like now I'm going back to the negative parenting advice here. But I think your body gets used to it after yeah. a while. Yeah. Uh, and you go on waves. Hard. I mean... You're going to feel like a zombie, especially in the beginning. I will so say this short. is also like a stylistic thing that both of us do. Yeah. But it also, it depends on the person. It depends on your preferences. But Mal and I are both like sleep trainers. Yeah. We, not personally. Yeah. <laughs> but like we. <laughs> That's our job. <laughs> we believe in sleep training. So whenever we get into a phase where like our kids aren't sleeping and we can't seem to get them out of the funk, we will. Ask, to, like, professionals. Yeah. You have to, like, buckle down. And people, sleep training gets a major bad misconception. Sleep yeah. training is not like having a kid scream bloody murder in there and ignoring them. 
at all. No. Sleep training is a very specific thing. It's about how much they eat. It's about when they eat. It's about like schedule. A lot of it is scheduling and like yeah. when they go down for naps and stuff like that. And about their developmental cues. Yes. And, like, milestones. Kids and need sleep. Yeah. Yes. People don't realize when you're following your kids' schedules like constantly. I, I just feel like sometimes the kids like they need more sleep yes. than, than you're getting them if you're letting you know letting the child decide when they want to sleep and when they want to wake up. I, I mean we've got good sleepers. Yeah. We now. do. But um, the past three times I've been desperate and I've gone to professionals, they've all said they need to sleep more. They need to sleep more. Like put them down to bed earlier. Mm -hmm. And they always, always, always get better. Yeah. Because you think that like, oh, no, they're going to wake up more if they sleep too much. or They're going to wake up earlier. But it's just not like that. No. Developmentally, they need it. But yeah, I mean, that zombie phase, like that <laughs> first six or eight weeks. I, the thing, the only thing that helped me was having a day bed in the nursery so yep. that you can swap out. Like That's if you have you. room, I mean, you can even do an air mattress. You can swap out with your spouse if you have other kids. That's a big thing. And then just remembering how temporary it is. Yeah. It is so temporary. Yeah. But it's still zombie-ish. It is zombie-ish. Find time to take a cat nap during the day. Mm -hmm. um, how do you maintain self-identity while being a mom? Sometimes I feel like it's all-consuming and it's hard to prioritize self-care. That's a good question. I mean... Um, you start with that one. I we're, we're both very lucky to have very supportive spouses. Yes. Our, I feel like both of our spouses make it a point to like take time out of the day, out of the week, out of the month, out of the year to make sure we have time for ourselves. Yeah. I also feel like... You know, your identity does shift when you become a mom. And remembering that and remembering that you'll never be the same person in so many great ways, mm -hmm. too. And so instead of starting, you know, trying to cling to that old person, just like, who am I in this phase of life? And remembering that, I think, is really helpful, too. And just, like, doing the things that you love to do. Maybe it's not as frequent, but, like, finding time to be you I mean, the word self-care. I, <laughs> I know. I don't know. I just feel like the, so, sometimes I'm just like, well, who works anymore? Everybody's just laying out by the pool with a mud mask on their face with cucumbers <laughs> on their eyes. I love the self-care. Yeah. But also, like, others care and, like, caring for your family yes. is okay, too. It does become part of your identity. Yes. Hopefully it doesn't take over your whole identity. But if it does, I mean, you... Find ways to weave yourself back in. That's yep. my advice. <laughs> okay, rapid fire three for you. Ready? Okay. What's the best way to travel on a plane with a toddler? Oh, gosh. Snacks and an iPad. <laughs> it, yeah, an iPad. <laughs> uh, snacks and an iPad. I yeah. saw someone post the other day. They were like, before I had kids, I told myself I would never let my kids have screen time. Oh. Now everybody. I don't go anywhere without an iPad. I really appreciate yeah. people that say that sentiment, but wait till you have kids. Exactly. I mean, we used to do iPads a lot more, and then now we only do them on Sundays, but they still can watch, like, TV. Yeah. But, I mean, we had to take it away because they, they became obsessed. Yep. Know? Yep. Um, what things do you do to help with the transition of one child to two or two to three? Anything prepped to you and the baby? Um... I think kids are so excited to have mm -hmm. siblings. So to remember that, instead of that you're taking away from them, you are giving them the greatest gift. I would also add one of my favorite things that I learned or was taught by <laughs> our pediatrician, we share everything, mm -hmm. um, was speak to your kid or kids, whoever is preparing for another baby, as if it's their kid yeah. and not yours. So it's like put the possession in the child. 
And make it exciting for them. Yes. So you're not replacing them with like, oh, mommy's going to have a new baby. It's you're going to have a brother. You're going to have a sister. Yes. They're so excited Great to advice. meet you. Like make it theirs. Yeah. He always has the best advice. Always. He's great. I love him. Um, last one. How do you deal with stress and stay calm when your kids are having a meltdown? Oh, Lord. Go ahead. I don't know. Walk away. <laughs> um, tap out. I feel You're like actually very good at this. Uh, no. So you know, you? I can answer this question for Sean because I see you do it. So you get on their level and you talk to them very calmly. I've seen you do that. You actually are better at that than a lot of people that I've seen with kids in meltdowns. But you don't, your kids don't melt. Like Drew doesn't really melt down. She just gets like emotional about things. And you're so sweet about the way that you yeah. do it. I will say, that's something my mom always told me. Because my mom's biggest fear was to have a screaming kid. And she mm -hmm. said, kids tend to match your volume mm -hmm. to be heard. And so my mom always said when I got upset, she would whisper. Yeah. And so I do that with my kids. I get, yeah, I bend down and I, I start whispering. Uh-huh. That's great advice. And it helps. Uh -huh. And then if I get to a point of not coming back, I'm like, Andrew, I need to step, step away. In. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's it. That's all well, we got. Great. Those were great questions. Yes. Thank you for submitting those. Mal, please give us the rundown of all the amazing things you have coming up. Oh, gosh. So I've got a podcast relaunching that's a yes. total relaunch, total rebrand that is with Family Made. First time I've ever signed with an agency. Mm -hmm. And it's called? Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. It's amazing. Thanks. It's, um, it's going to be really fun. You're going to have another merch launch this year. Um, yeah. So we do like holiday merch. Which is that, amazing. Um, I'm going to have to start doing a lottery system for because it's like selling out. It's yeah, at such a rapid, I like cannot keep up because people like love holiday merch so much. I it's amazing. I know it's I so, love my sweatshirt. By the way, thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad I could create that for you. That was my Sean cut. So we have a new venture um, launching in November. That is the most excited that I've ever been to put out a product of any product I've ever put out because it is a product that is going to bring a luxury of this item. To like, you've never, I can say where, you've never worn anything like you you will have worn this product that's coming out in November. I wish I could say it. I'm excited to get I'm it. excited to get it. Um, well, thank you. you. Yeah. We will link all of Mallory's stuff down below. Please check her out. Follow her everywhere. She is the best. She's my best friend. Um, this and thanks. Fun. Thanks, thanks for, having for joining me. us. <laughs> All right, real quick for all of those listening out there. We don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.